It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. It is great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And in this final segment, as we've been trying to slow things down today and really divide the rage from the reason and figure out the implication of all the things that are going on, particularly back in Washington, D.C., we are nine days and 11 minutes uh, from the swearing in of President-elect Joe Biden, who is uh, just getting his second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine uh, as we speak in Newark, Delaware. And as all of those things continue to roll, as we unravel and unpack everything that took place last week, and uh, Congress is going to continue to take action uh, as the days progress. But I want to go back uh, to this date in history. This is January 11th, 1989, so 32 years ago. Uh, and some important lessons uh, from outgoing President Ronald Reagan. Now, I want you to set aside whatever your political views are, whether you love Ronald Reagan, you hate Ronald Reagan, you think he was a good president, a horrible president, good policy, bad policy. Just suspend all that for a minute. Uh, And just listen based on where we are today and just consider if there aren't some things that we ought to learn from the farewell address delivered from the Oval Office uh, from then-President Ronald Reagan uh, as he looked uh, at the end of his presidency and his time in office and what it actually means for us today. As we always say, endings matter, and this was a very interesting end. Uh, But I love the way he began in terms of his role uh, in all of it and the real role of the American people. And in all of that time, I want a nickname, the great communicator. But I never thought it was my style or the words I used that made a difference. It was the content. I wasn't a great communicator, but I communicated great things. And they didn't spring full bloom from my brow. They came from the heart of a great nation, from our experience, our wisdom, and our belief in the principles that have guided us for two centuries. They called it the Reagan Revolution. Well, I'll accept that. But for me, it always seemed more like the great rediscovery, a rediscovery of our values and our common sense. So, again, that's uh, from 1989. Uh, I love the fact that he said that he wasn't the great communicator. He was just reflecting what came from the heart of a great nation, from the experience and the wisdom of the of the country for over two centuries. Uh, And I think that's an important thing, that it was much more about a great rediscovery a rediscovery of our values and our common sense. Uh, I think there is some application for that for all of us today. Uh, Nick, uh, President Reagan went on uh, to talk about uh, what they called, the, the, of course, the, the Reagan Revolution was what they called those that uh, jumped on his bandwagon. Uh, but he talked about it in uh, different terms. He talked about it in terms of a movement uh, and a direction for the country. The lesson of all this was, of course, that Because we're a great nation, our challenges seem complex. It will always be this way. But as long as we remember our first principles, 
and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. And something else we learned. Once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. We meant to change a nation, and instead, we changed a world. Because we are a great nation, our challenges are complex. Uh, that nothing could be more true today. Uh, but when we remember our first principles, when we believe in ourselves, when we trust each other uh, and have trust in the institutions of government, uh, that's where we can always move towards a, a better future, a brighter future. Uh, it was interesting in uh, in Reagan's address. Again, Reagan's address was delivered exactly 32 years ago today, his farewell address from the Oval Office. Uh, he talked about the original revolution. So here he was in kind of a reflective moment thinking about his eight years as president of the United States. And he took the American people further back, which is always a good idea, uh, to our first principles and some of our first tests in terms of we the people. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words, we the people. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Such important words there from uh, Ronald Reagan uh, going back to the original revolution in this country that it was really the first time that it, it was about we the people. It wasn't a government telling the people what their rights were or what they could or could not do. It was we the people telling the government what it could do and what the shared projects that government and people should do together. Uh, I love the way he framed it in terms of uh, we, the people, are, are driving. The government is the car, but the people, it is the people that should determine where it goes, how fast it goes, uh, and what the route should be. And for too, for too long, we've bought into this idea that government is there to solve our problems. It's not. Uh, government is not there to solve the problems. We, the people, need to solve the problems. And government can be used as part of that process, as long as we're in charge. But we've really flipped that and we've become far too passive uh, as citizens and as voters uh, that we don't demand more and expect more from our elected officials. And I, I think it's a period that we're entering into where we do need to reflect on the history uh, and we need to take those principles that unite and bind us uh, and use that to actually step forward. All right, uh, President Reagan uh, went on to talk about uh, the fact that after 200 years, America is still that uh, shining city on a hill, faults and all. After 200 years, two centuries, she still stands strong and true on the granite ridge, and her glow is held steady no matter what storm. And she's still a beacon, still a magnet for all who must have freedom, for all the pilgrims from all the lost places who are hurtling through the darkness toward home. So we're still here. We're still a magnet for freedom uh, for all those who uh, are downtrodden. This this is still the place they want to come. And we need to make sure that remains, that we don't allow the political divisiveness of the day uh, to prevent us from actually continuing to be that place. Because that is who we are. That is what it's all about. 
Uh, and so there'll be much to debate and talk about as it relates to what happened last week and what happens in the days ahead. But the most important thing for each of us is to ask, what am I going to do? We, we, we've talked about this a, a lot over the last few days of, you know, this is a moment where we need to we need to take note of what's been going on. Uh, we need to take heart that the institutions of government held. The Constitution remains strong, that our founding documents are in place uh, and that the work of the people is moving forward. Uh, we need to take courage, including the courage uh, to not just yell at our enemies, but we need to call out our friends. Uh, and we need to take that kind of fresh courage uh, and move that forward. And then, uh, of course, we need to take action, each one of us individually. We need to make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to consume or be consumed uh, by the angry rhetoric, uh, by those who are trying to profit from all of this, whether they're trying to profit by gaining power uh, or using it to raise money uh, or using it to uh, target their opponents. Uh, we need to, to make sure we're asking the question, just as Gerald Ford asked it, what is in the best interest of the country? That's the question that matters most. And where does that begin? It begins right at home and so fitting that this is where Ronald Reagan ended his farewell address 32 years ago today. And let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tomorrow night in the kitchen, I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. Uh, and I happen to agree uh, with President Ronald Reagan. Again, this was 32 years ago today, that all great change in America begins at the dinner table. What are you talking about today? I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today on KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.